Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi. And welcome to what is my first podcast of 2023. Um, Happy New Year. And I don't think it's too late to be saying Happy New Year. We're only in the, well, we're just, I guess, in the third week of January. Um, I think the rule is you mustn't say Happy New Year after the end of January. Anyway, what I'm going to talk to you about in this first podcast is bringing your horse back into work. I know many of you will have your horses in work if they've had some time off over the winter. And what I really want to try and focus in on is tips to get your horse fit, but at the same time, uh, reducing the risk of lameness. Because, you know, we know that lameness is one of the major problems that most of us have to uh, deal with with our horses. And I've got maybe 30 years experience of designing training programs for people Um, usually people come to me when they have a problem Uh, there's not many people who come to me and say I have no problem getting my horses fit keeping them sound and I want you to help me with my training programs it's usually where uh, there's an issue where the horse isn't quite fit enough 
or that they keep getting uh, repeated lamenesses and, and people want me then to help them design a tra- uh, training program to maximise fitness and to reduce the risk of injury. And, you know, why do we want horses fit? Well, I guess two simple reasons, really. The first I always think of is a fit horse should, and, and that's really underlined, should actually be at less risk of injury than an unfit one when it comes to uh, competing or, or being asked to work hard. Um so that's the first reason. And the second reason, of course, is that fitter horses should perform better, should recover quicker, be able to compete potentially even more frequently. So let's go back to, as I say, many of you will be starting to get your horses fit now with and probably using a lot of long, slow work. Um, in some parts of the country, some parts of the world, you've got really muddy surfaces, so you can't get on fields. Not everyone's got uh, access to uh, all weather surfaces or gallops um, in other places the ground's frozen uneven so we've got the problem that a lot of us are going to turn to road work now this long slow work is actually a really good basis for bringing horses back into work uh, because it increases bone strength um, and it can have beneficial effects on the musculoskeletal system, uh, muscles in particular, and also the cardiovascular system. And as I say many of you will be using roads because that's what we are forced to use. Now, the problem here is given that we've got this high prevalence of lameness and arthritic, uh, arthritic arthritis injuries, diseases in horses, um, there's a couple of points which you might want to be considering with respect to road work. The first thing is, and this is probably, uh, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the converted, I'm sure I'm telling you stuff you know already, but road work is really hard on the feet. The forces on the hoof, uh, when a horse is uh, on the road, are around 20 times higher than when working on a good grass or artificial surface. Uh, and there's no getting away from that. Uh, now, we'll talk about, I'm sure there's some of you already saying, ah, oh, but what about barefoot horses? What about hoof boots? I'll come on to that a little bit later. But a great deal of that impact uh, from the foot on the road is absorbed within the hoof, uh, within the fetlock joint, and the bones below the knee. But it can still lead to damage to the joints. And just as a comparison, many of you might say, oh, we go to the beach. Well, interestingly, firm wet sand is better than roads, but it's still around eight times harder than a good grass or good arena surface. So how about looking at some of the myths? Well, the first one really here is that road work doesn't harden or strengthen tendons in normal healthy horses, horses with reasonably healthy tendons. Tendons are an interesting structure. Uh, They're fundamental to the horse's athletic ability. One of the reasons horses are so amazing, uh, pretty much everything they do, is because of these huge elastic bands, uh, the the tendons on the lower legs. But tendons develop uh, in the first year or so of life and don't really change much Uh, beyond that in response to training unlike other parts of the body such as the bones and the muscle and the heart which all respond really positively to to training 
tendons don't adapt to training. So you can't actually improve your horse's tendons. And, and tendons are more like, uh, we should think of tendons as having so many cycles in them, a bit like uh, so many miles on a tyre of a car. You know, once you've used up those cycles, you're going to end up with failure in those tendons. The next one is that road work does actually increase bone strength. Uh, these impacts are stimulus for the, the, the bones to lay down uh, more material and increase in strength. But the interesting thing here is that you only need a few minutes of trotting each day to achieve this increase in bone strength. Next one is that road work does contribute to joint and cartilage damage and to the development of osteoarthritis. So it, that concussion within those joints does inevitably over time lead to damage. The more of it you do, the harder it is, the more damage that's been done. So my general approach to using road work is and again, it depends on your horse. You know, if you've got a horse that's got problems uh, related to, uh, you know, joint filling, uh, heat in the joints, especially after road work, then, you know, that's, that's upsetting your horse's joints. If you've got a horse like that, no limit really to walking on the roads, but really I'd be looking at trotting being limited to about five minutes a day. Um, again, you can mitigate that to some extent by cold hosing or ice boots after the work um, but you know you are going to be putting those joints under some strain which may not be good for them well isn't good for them in the long term now what about the other side of the coin well people say well you know what about i can go on the uh, i can go on the fields but they're really wet well the problem there, of course, the first problem is losing shoes if you've got horses that are shod. But the soft surfaces actually give us the opposite sort of problems. They increase the risk of soft tissue injuries, such as damage to injury to muscle, uh, to tendons and to ligaments. And then there's a, a third thing we really need to consider when it's looking at surfaces and it's working on a uneven surfaces and because we know from a number of research studies that uneven surfaces carry an increased risk of injury as well and there's one final one to mention with surfaces particularly at this time of year when we can have arenas if you've got an arena that's partly covered by trees partly shaded where the sun doesn't get and you've got another part that's in the in the sun you could have a sudden transition from uh, unfrozen to frozen arena and that would be something you would want to avoid as well uh, in walk probably okay but in trot and canter you'd want to avoid areas where you would have a sudden transition the same as if you've got a bit of a deep area of your arena uh, and a firm area avoid that deep area uh, especially you know at any speed when you're going to trot or canter now in terms of younger horses we I really most of what I've been talking about primarily is, is focused on the mature horse that's been trained before had some time off coming back into work if we look at young horses as I sort of mentioned earlier, there is evidence that increased amounts of controlled exercise 
in young horse under one to two years of age can actually be beneficial for developing uh, stronger, healthier tendons in the in the long term, which is an interesting one because we tend to think of everything about uh, you know exercising young racehorses as being as being bad. We know they develop dorsal metacarpal disease, sore shins, which is a response to overloading um, of the bone. Um, but there is some evidence that tendon strength can be enhanced in the early periods uh, of horse's life. Now, what about road work in the rehabilitation of tendon injuries? This is a different thing. Remember, initially we've been talking about the, the horse with, with healthy tendons. And people often ask, well, what about using road work? for rehabilitation of tendon injuries because my physio or my vet have told me uh, to, to do a lot of road work. Okay, so we've said exercise of any kind does not strengthen healthy tendons in mature horses over, say, three years of age. Um, exercise does result in partial repair of injured tendons. Uh, it helps in terms of the, the, the scar tissue that forms and the realignment uh, of the tendon fibrils. But there is nothing special about roads other than they normally provide a consistent, level and straight surface for controlled exercise, which is essential for tendon rehabilitation. However, if you're rehabilitating horses with uh, excessive amounts of, of road work, you may well be uh, doing something slightly beneficial for the for the tendons, but you may at the same time be damaging your horse's joints, which would have to be a consideration, particularly if you've got a horse with any evidence of pre-existing joint disease. So, although appropriate rehabilitation exercise promotes tendon repair and, and is essential for tendon fibres to, to align properly, um, the evidence shows that repaired tendon still is not as healthy as normal tendon and obviously contains scar tissue uh, and tendon tissue with a normal structure. It's stiffer than before injury. It doesn't function as well. And unfortunately, it's more likely to be re-injured. Now, Again, when we start talking about road work, a lot of people start to uh, discuss, well, what about using hoof boots? Well, interestingly, they're a great concept, but there's still very little in the way of good controlled studies on hoof boots. Um, there's one study that compared forces at walk in horses either unshod or wearing a, a hoof boot called, called a soft ride uh, that's made in the USA. And the interesting thing here was that the peak forces were similar with the boot and when the horse was unshod. But with the hoof boot, there was a small but significant increase in stance phase of 7%. Now, the stance phase is the time when the hoof is on the ground and the deceleration of the hoof was longer. It took longer for the, horse to, uh, for the hoof to, to stop moving. So both of these would actually be considered potentially beneficial. However, it does not follow that the same benefits would occur at trot or canter. So remember, this study only looked at walk. And in addition, the, the amount that the different boots grip 
is an important factor in deciding potentially how beneficial they are because boots that cause the foot to grip more strongly could reduce some of the sliding that occurs along the ground and lead to uh, more rapid deceleration of the foot and increased strains within the foot and with the fetlock. So we need a lot more work on understanding the, the pros and cons of hoof boots. As I say, if you've got um, a horse that slips on the road, you don't want to use road nails, uh, potentially people might be looking to uh, to move towards using hoof boots both for, for shod and unshod horses. And then when it comes to barefoot, this is uh, a really interesting aspect of this di discussion uh, because many people believe that barefoot horses uh, are much better off under all circumstances. And of course, there's some fantastic research that's been coming out on uh, on barefoot horses, particularly after uh, Peter Fredrickson's uh, gold medal in the Tokyo Olympics with a barefoot show jumper. Um, but barefoot horses are at a similar risk from roadwork as shod horses with respect to the forces transmitted up the leg. The difference between shod and unshod is essentially in how the force travels through the foot. So with our current knowledge, there's not really any reason to conclude that barefoot horses are at lower risk of concussive damage from road work. And we'll, we'll come on to that uh, again a little bit uh, more uh, in, in, sort of further on. But the presence of shoes does not change the overall total force on the limb, which is determined by the mass of the horse and the mass of the rider. And this has to be dissipated by the, uh, the elastic structures of the limb, the tendons, the joints, and the ligaments. However, metal shoes do cause greater vibration and concussion within the hoof and detrimentally alter the, the way in which the horse moves, what we would call the stride kinematics. Shoes also alter how the foot interacts with the ground and how the force is distributed through the foot, but interestingly, not different above the fetlock. So the difference between barefoot and shod is within the foot, within the hoof capsule, it's not any different once we get into the fetlock. So trotting on the road generates concussion and high peak forces in shod horses. These are lower in barefoot horses. However, a barefoot horse trotting on a road will still experience very high forces with, compared with, for example, trotting on grass, although these will be less than for a shod horse. Bottom line, just because a horse is barefoot doesn't mean it's okay to do hours of road work at trot. So let's try and summarize that and bring that down into points to, to think about when bringing your horses back into work or in those uh, first sort of month of the new season. I would say for all horses I'd limit the amount of trotting on roads to five to ten minutes a day. Um, I, I, I think the, the, uh, the risks outweigh the benefits of any cardiovascular fitness development once you start going above the five to ten minutes a day. Walk as much as you want on roads. 
that really provided your horse his uh, is is stable and your horse isn't sliding, then um, walking is great exercise. Use if you can a variety of surfaces. Don't just stick to roads. Do some work on the roads. Work in the arena. Work on tracks or weather surfaces. Um, you know. It, this is beneficial for horses to some extent more than anything else to have a variety of surfaces to work on. If you're looking to increase fitness, then three to four sessions a week is generally sufficient for increasing fitness. You don't need to be going out doing fitness work seven days a week or even six. Um, again, think about it. We have so much lameness. Should we really be continuing to train horses the way we've always trained them? Because it doesn't seem to do a lot of them a lot of good. If you can, space your training sessions as equally as possible. If you do your training on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday, you've got an increased risk of injury and you're going to get a big drop-off in fitness before the next weekend so you're going to lose a lot of that benefit it would be much better to be doing uh, Saturday Sunday and maybe Wednesday and Thursday Um, four sessions like that a week would be much better increase the work gradually this is the intensity of your training and and generally we talk about either increasing uh, the amount that you're doing or the, uh, the speed that you're doing or how many times you're doing it but never more than one of those at a time so if one week you've been trotting for um, 30 minutes uh, five times a week the next week you would not want to go to cantering five times a week um, for, certainly not for 30 minutes anyway um, you know you might want to just add in uh, the next week you do the same number of sessions, um, but you uh, you do maybe drop down to 20 minutes walk and maybe 10 minutes cantering. So increasing the workload around every two weeks. Uh, if you're doing fitness work three to four times a week, if you, after about two weeks, your horse will have got the majority of the benefit from uh, that training and you'll be able to move up to uh, doing slightly more or slightly faster or slightly more often per week. Um, One of the other things that we use, uh, or I use in particular, are what are called recovery weeks. And this is something that's not that common in horses, but works really, really well. So imagine you've had your horse back in work for a month, if or three weeks and if we were to for the next week instead of increasing the intensity actually drop back the work by about half of what we were doing that gives the body time to recover and any small injuries um, well may actually heal in that period of time whereas if you go always incrementally just getting harder and harder every two or three weeks then injuries that start small develop to medium then suddenly become a major issue so recovery work uh, weeks work absolutely fantastically Uh, they've something i've been using for over 20 years i'm absolutely convinced 
of, of how well they work. The things you may want to consider if you are going to use a recovery week, that's essentially dropping back the intensity of exercise. Um, you may want to cut some of the hard feedback um, to, to match the fact that the horse isn't working as hard that week. What else? Um, you can use a combination of ridden and lunging exercise, uh, even treadmills, swimming, uh, long reining, whatever you have, especially in the first few months of training when your horse is back, is, is not perhaps fully adapted to carrying uh, weight again. And again, this uh, uh, using a variety of different exercise modes like this does give your horse a chance to uh, recover and adapt and small problems to sort themselves out rather than becoming big problems. Wherever you're riding on whatever surfaces, try to avoid uneven uh, ground or very deep surfaces. Try to avoid sudden changes in surface. These are a big risk for injury. And then, of course, I know you're all going to have boots and bandages on. Remember, these don't support tendons. Don't over-tighten them, as this will do more harm than good. Your boots and bandages are really there to prevent uh, the from cuts and abrasions uh, if you're going through sort of rough ground and brambles or something, or uh, if there's if you've got some interference or a bit of an overreach. That's what boots and bandages are there for. They don't support. Over-tightening them actually leads to an increased risk of injury in itself, particularly uh, for, for tendons. So, I hope you're all going to be able to uh, keep your horses uh, ticking along. Uh, let's hope we don't get any snow that uh, spoils everything for everyone. The, if we do get snow and you've been training, let's say, for a month, your horse is not going to lose all its fitness just because it has to have a week um, perhaps of just being led out um, or just walking where you were previously doing walking and trotting. Horses maintain their fitness amazingly and your horse will not lose any appreciable fitness from having a week of uh, reduced exercise due to disruption by whether it's flooding or whether it's snow, we never know anymore, do we, what we're going to get. Okay, I hope that helps. I hope you found that interesting and take care. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The DrDavidMarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter.